Episode 2 of the Keep Talking Podcast, with me, your host, Adam Gratton, brought to you by Staffordshire University in partnership with Expert Citizens. In the previous episode, we heard from members of the Keep Talking Project research team about the work they were doing and the impacts of the COVID-19 lockdown, along with how isolation for individuals and local communities was being supported by the project, and how the researchers themselves have dealt with the restrictions during this difficult time. In this episode, we'll be shifting the focus to disability, hearing from members of the community research team about how the pandemic and issuing lockdown have impacted on those in the group who live with both physical disabilities and mental health issues, along with how they too have been supporting others in the local communities. First up among the research team was Chloe Harris, who, living with cerebral palsy, has been vent advocate of the Keep Talking project and its benefits in helping those with disabilities. She spoke to me about lockdown, her own day-to-day life, and how she is supporting others through this time, along with what she hopes the project will achieve for local communities as we come out of the pandemic lockdown. Chloe. I have cerebral palsy, which can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But to me, it means that I am a full-time wheelchair user. I can't wait there and I can't sit independently without support. Um, And I've also got limited function in my hands and arms. So due to all that, I have a team of PAs, personal assistants, who will support me with all aspects of daily life. So anything that I can't do myself, they do for me. Um, What I can do myself, they might help to facilitate. How have things been for you prior to the pandemic and lockdown and then transitioning through that? Well, prior to, obviously it was really good for me to get involved with the Get Talking project because I've struggled due to all my issues to find meaningful work. Um, So Get Talking was a really good way for me to keep going out into the community and also to get involved and feel like I'm giving something back with the lockdown we kind of had to stop a little bit because we couldn't physically meet up anymore which was the basis of what we do so it's been tricky for me because i'm very outgoing very sociable but i have learned new ways to connect and communicate which have been quite beneficial for me and made me realize that maybe there's more i could do that doesn't necessarily involve having to go to the house all the time um, and maybe certain things could be adjusted so certain access requirements don't need to be considered in the same way in order for me to participate more meaningfully in, in the things I'm doing, which 
in the long run will probably make life easier. Also, just while I'm myself in the dis disability community, I think I've uh, been quite pleased that home working has sort of become a thing because now it gives us, pardon the pun, but legs to stand on yeah. when it comes to afterwards and us saying we need to be accommodated at home because they cannot now say, oh, well, we don't know if it'll work because we've never done it, which is what generally we were getting before because they've had to do it for everybody in their companies for such a long time. What has been being a community researcher meant to you and why do you think community is important and researching? Well, community is important because if we didn't know and understand what our communities wanted, um, then we wouldn't be able to provide them with the right services um, and things that they need going forward to make sure they, they're living the best life that they can. So if we don't do the research in terms of talking to people, then how can we progress with that? The, you know, we can't just look at a load of numbers and figures and say, oh, we're gonna do this because we figured out that that says this. But if you go to actual, an actual person, the ideas and the, the opinions that they might be giving you might actually be totally different from what the computer or the scientist has decided. And that's really important because we might not knowingly be excluding a whole group of people um, because nobody's ask them how they feel and what they want and what they can and can't do about their own situations. And certainly just between the community researchers having spoken to each other and discussed each other's feelings and thoughts, it certainly opened my eyes to different things. And I know that I've opened theirs um, so that we can move forward and think differently and have different attitudes to life than we did before we met each other. How do you think during the lockdown that the Keep Talking project has benefited yourselves, the, the group of community researchers? I think we've benefited from each other perhaps more so than we would have if we weren't locked out because we've had the WhatsApp group going on, which means that we've been able to talk every day. A lot of us are shielding uh, or very isolated because of various issues that we, we had going on before that now need to be considered in a different light because of the lockdown. So I think for some of us, if we hadn't have had that communication and the you know the opportunity to talk to each other we might have got very lonely um and very isolated so what you hope as a as community researcher and involved with the keep talking project as the year goes on now when we start to get out of lockdown and things ease that the conversations you carry on having with people in communities of all different sorts, uh, 
are going to hopefully have more of it, more empathy within those conversations and more of an understanding to push things forward. Yeah, definitely. I would hope that people have more empathy with me and I think I will have more empathy, maybe in particular with people with mental health issues because before this, I'm quite lucky with the support I've got and the way that I can manage my condition. So I don't have to isolate very much as a disabled person compared to a lot of people. But I've realised how difficult it is for somebody with these issues to actually go out of the house when they've been used to being in for so long because my anxiety about going out has increased loads and I'm now getting to a point where I'm thinking actually will I feel as confident going out as I did before and will that be something I'll have to work on so it's open my eyes to if you're constantly going through spells where you're out and about and you're fine and then all of a sudden you're not very well and you have to stay in for months you know you must go back to square one I think before I hadn't quite realised how severe the effects of those sorts of things were on people but now I've definitely got more understanding so I think that will help to for me to engage and have conversations with people. How do you see Keep Talking and your own role as a community researcher helping others once we're out of lockdown? Um, certainly I found more virtual ways to help others that I didn't even know existed prior to this. So that's really good because um, I don't know how much people know about the disability community but physically meeting up for various reasons can be really hard for example i've got four friends who i try to meet on a regular basis um two of them live in lake which is fine so that they're around the corner from me but the other two live in newcastle under lime and can't drive also one of the guys in lake doesn't drive and we usually operate a lift system so we would give, you know, we'd go and fetch them from Newcastle or we would give the guy a lift from Lake to Newcastle. But because of the two metre distance and things, we now can't get in each other's cars. So whatever we do, we're excluding somebody. So like getting together on Zoom is actually a lot easier because we don't have to worry about all that. We can just log into a computer so if there are people out there that are having those issues, I've now realised that actually, if they don't want to physically come and meet me for whatever reason, or I can't go and physically meet them, it doesn't mean that I have to cancel my appointment and not have those really important conversations that we need to have in order to make change. So I, I think that that's the main thing I'm going to take from it is that you know, not that I haven't always lived by this attitude, but where there's a will, there's a way. And instead of saying, oh, that's not possible because we haven't got these access requirements, people need to be saying, okay, we need to involve this person. They can't physically be with us. What, how can we get around that? And how can we make sure that they're still involved in these conversations?
Fellow researcher and member of community interest company Phil Park has himself battled with mental health issues and addiction, which has given him the lived experience to support others and lend his skills to the Keep Talking project. I've probably, for about 20 odd years, struggled with my mental health. Probably before that, but I only really came to fruition when I hit puberty, when I noticed it was actually a problem. But and I think that I'd always kind of used alcohol as like a defense mechanism, something that when I felt really bad, I could use that to either forget what I was worried about or be able to not blame myself for everything that's going on, be able to like pass the book and blame everything else. So I've just used that and obviously then. 20 years of doing that, even though I didn't have a, a daily drinking problem, I just really binged hard when things got hard. They kind of took its toll, and obviously, I got a pancreatitis, and it meant that I couldn't exactly. Care. I don't think it, it wouldn't kill me to be drinking again, but it probably wouldn't be a wouldn't help me either, so I thought it'd be an idea to kick it in the head, and I did have an addiction, but it wasn't the, the physical addiction, it was the mental addiction, yeah. which I think is probably just as bad, to be honest. And uh, the, my way of dealing with things for, well, for that, like say the last year before lockdown, was just clinging to any sort of support I could get, like I'd go into the extra citizen's office every single day. Expert citizens and the couple of groups I've been in, have, they've all helped me to like, just know I've got that support, know I've got that, that person to talk to, have a natter to, have a whinge to, and then like I say, since lockdown, that face-to-face, -face, meeting that face-to-face, -face, like part of it's all been taken away. Obviously, I'm in loads of Zoom meetings, uh, Darren and so on, and Terry and all that have been calling me up, making sure I'm okay, but it's not the same. I feel like if, if I wanted to do what I used to do on a daily basis and just sit around, have a coffee, have a whinge, I think if I phoned somebody up or scheduled a Zoom call to do that, it'd be like I was taking time out of their lives to win to them, so putting my troubles out to them. So, I could, so because of the way my mental health works, I, I couldn't bring myself to do that. So the, 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 the lockdown whole thing, it's... It's just, I've, I've had to look for different ways to keep myself from going to that place where I'd have to re reach for the bottle again or anything like that. And it's not been easy, but I think being a part of the WhatsApp group and being able to have that, this open conversation, like open like course of conversation with, uh, with Darren and the ECs, with the WhatsApp group and with other like uh, community research groups we're a part of, it's it's helped it's helped me stay sober. To be honest, it's helped me stay sober, and it's 
done a he's done a lot there keeping me mental off in check as well to be honest. What, what has it meant for you being a community researcher as a whole through, through all of it? I think it's uh, the same as it has with being an expert citizen and just do it by following this path that I seem to have been following for the past like five years. Uh, it's the whole thing of that my past wasn't well it wasn't great but it doesn't define me it doesn't define the person I am it, it means that and there is the light there's a light at the end of the tunnel for everybody it's just seeing that for yourself obviously I saw it but didn't see it properly like until very recently but I, I did see a glimmer of it and it's I think being a part of the community research team and being a part of expert citizens, it's helping highlight the the pitfalls in the system and the, the places where people who could be wanting to go on the same similar route that I went and start to piece together the life and start to come out of the addiction or the mental health problem or whatever it is that they were dealing with. Researcher and member of advocate charity REACH, Matthew Byatt has lived with Aspergius all his life. He shared his thoughts on his own work as a community researcher, the pressures and challenges of the current lockdown, and how he hopes the learnings of the Keep Talking project will benefit those living with disabilities and mental health issues. We, we see disabilities, I mean, a lot of them are invisible that, you know, you can't necessarily see. You know, like with me, I've got, well, they say it's moderate learning difficulties, but it's Asperger's as well, mild Asperger's. It was known as mild autism many years ago, and of course, you know, the, you know, the, the terms change and yeah. all that sort of thing. Um, and I'd like to believe being part of that, where, you know, the hardship, that it is important that I get my point across of what I feel is important and from anyone, whether it's a learning or physical disability, they need their voices heard as much as much as everybody else. Yeah, and and so with your, for your own um, having to deal with you know Asperger's and that, how is how have you been? How has it changed with you? How you were affected dealing with it before lockdown and during? Well, I mean, well, it's. I mean, there'd be a routine I'd probably be into where what I normally and then I and then. It's like oh, it just throw, it throws you off, and I'd, I'd say I'd felt a bit like uh, stressed at first, possibly because I mean when you're used to doing whatever you do, and then all of a sudden it's got to be you got to do it down in another another avenue where you can't actually get together and do what you know, go to where you usually would do, and it's like oh. It does have a knock-on effect in some ways like that. Uh, so what does it mean for you being a community researcher as part of the Keep Talking project and working for Reach? Well, I mean, it's important to me because, I mean, I mean, when it all first started off and learning how to do the hardship research, that you don't see how, you know, how many people are, you know, homeless and they've got, you know, they've got nowhere they can stay. And to me, I mean, it could be someone who 
like who has a disability that could be facing that and people would you know if that's the reality for some people who you know who, who are disabled who've also got to be facing that kind of hardship where they haven't got no one to turn to and that they, they don't know how to cope i would say what difference has been a community researcher made to yourself during lockdown it's knowing how you know because on lockdown we can't i know everyone whoever you're part of are trying to think of ways of how to keep the research going for example i mean i know there's the whatsapp group conversation of and then it's just keeping me focused on if i can keep in what's what the others are doing and what's happening well that's it for this episode be sure to join us next time when along with more of the keep talking community researchers we'll be looking at how creativity has helped shape the project and support both research team and the communities they've been working in during lockdown. Until then, be sure to keep updated with the latest from the Keep Talking project by logging on to Twitter and checking out hashtag Keep Talking Staffs. Thanks for listening.